0: Nine, nine eight.
1: KYRS Seven, is grateful for the six, many listeners who have donated five, vehicles for donating
0: uh, we have an issue. We have a Out and about is a go. All systems are nominal. Afternoon, and welcome to, to Out and About. I am your host across the globe, across the from coast to coast. You are listening to KYRS, Medical Lake, Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Yes, that was Coast to Coast music I was playing because we're gonna talk. We've got we've got Jenny Siebert with us today. And and, oh, oh! hang on. Let me turn on your mic. There you go. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Jenny. Um, and so we're going to talk about uh, Jenny's written. Uh, actually, I've looked it up. She's written quite a few science fiction books, and we're going to talk about that. I've got a lot of questions for her about that. And then I've also got, um, we're going to talk about Well, stuff that they would talk about on Coast to Coast, because it seems to me like we're inundated right now with just crazy stuff. If Art Bell was still around, not George Nuri, but if Art Art Bell was still around, we would be knee deep in this balloon stuff. These, uh, whatever they are, the UAPs, the UFOs, we're going to talk about that. Um, So, you know, this may just be a new direction for the show. What do you think, Jenny?
2: Oh, I think it's timely. Yeah. It's about time. We talked about, you know, our position in the galaxy yeah. because we really don't know what's out there. No, we don't. I know
0: the, the, the truth is out there. Right? It is. I mean, I, I want to believe. I want to believe. So, Jenny, I have so many, I've got so many great questions to ask you. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first before we just jump into the, the nitty gritty
2: Oh, my God. Oh, geez. I could go on for hours and hours. So I'll try to make it short. I was born in Cupping, Montana, under the shadow of the nuclear threat back in the day. Cupping had a um, radar station north of town, and the closest Minuteman 2 ballistic missile silo was 22 miles away. So... We did not practice duck and cover. And I asked my sixth grade teacher, I said, well, why aren't we ducking and covering like everybody else is? And you showed us the film, you know, duck and cover. And my teacher said, well, it wouldn't matter because we live at ground zero and we would all die. Wow. <laughs> so, so that and was it in Montana, which oddly enough, that balloon went right over my ranch. <laughs> oh, wow. that's I bet it did. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh,
0: I, I bet you there was some good coloring um, some good coloring that you did, little art projects about that that you brought home. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, we want to make sure, because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, but we want to make sure we talk about the book that you've written, the books that you have written. Now, I I started reading it, and then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go on Amazon and buy this thing, because I'm enjoying it, and I enjoy that feeling of having a book in my hand. So, I, I've got the book coming. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. So hopefully you. you get your three cents of uh, royalty check.
2: Now, what you read was the second edition. Okay. Which there's been some, you know, updating, I guess you'd say. Okay.
0: But, well, why don't you tell us what the book, what's the name of the book and what's it about and all that good stuff?
2: Okay. Well, it's, it. I did not start out to write, you know, like... More than one book. Mm -hmm. So it went from a military sci-fi to a space opera. and Unintentionally. Well, I was in basically... Well, at the time, right now I'm not in remission. I have medicine that controls my bone marrow cancer. But at the time, I had like eight years, eight good years left to live. And I'm like, I got to do something with the last (laughs) eight years. Yeah. So I got involved with... Our community, the queer community, and I thought I'll write a book. And I just sat down one day in an altered state of consciousness and <laughs> started channeling a book from the cosmos. Well, nice,
0: nice. And so, what's the name of the book?
2: Well, the series is called Warp Lane, not Warp Lane, but Warp Lane, warp. like a warp drive.
0: How did you come up with that?
2: Well, um, originally when I was at University, University of Montana, I designed a tabletop strategy game. It was a conquer the galaxy strategy game and I thought well it'd be interesting if there was a jump points in the galaxy to give the players something to fight over. Okay. And it was like a wormhole. Strategic points that that you could travel like like folding space where those right where your ship you have a warp drive so you can get the next star but if you want to jump a long ways across the galaxy instantly there's this prior civilization in the galaxy that made these jump points and i just called them a warp lane for lack of a better term and that was right before deep space nine came out right okay the, the idea is if there's a wormhole it's going to be worth fighting for because yeah and that that was the origin of it and then years later after i Worked for the Treasury in North Idaho, U.S. Treasury, and I fought Nazis and that. So I should write a book about that. That was like being in the X-Files. Oh, honestly. I bet. Oh, <laughs> it was I bet. so
0: weird. Talk about altered state of consciousness <laughs> yeah. and all that. And
2: then I sat down after I was diagnosed and was feeling really terrible and just started writing books and I'm on five and a half right now. I'm halfway into the fifth book. So you're still writing point. them. Yeah. You're writing. It. I took a hiatus when I got all politically active. Did, did
0: you self-publish them or did you get a publisher? You know, How I did, did
2: initially, but yeah. right now I'm, I'm looking for a, a LGBT-friendly oh, um, publishing idea. company and agent. I have a line on a couple of agents. Oh, nice,
0: nice. Yeah, when I wrote my novel, I first one I sent out, they were interested. First agent I contacted. And, and I thought, this is going to be easy. I thought I was going to mail out a hundred of these things. And so I sent in the whole manuscript, and then they returned it saying, this is too conservative for today's book market. And it was 1997 when I wrote oh my this God. thing. So, um, and I thought, well, big deal, right? I mean, one rejection, I mean, I know, never got anybody interested in it again. So I wound up self-publishing mine.
2: Right. Well, and there was a magic time. Like, um, my ex and I were writing ebooks right at the time the Kindle was oh, coming out. Oh, cool. And of course, she picked that time to divorce me. <laughs> I was so <laughs> brokenhearted, I quit writing. She which...
0: took the publishing empire <laughs> with her.
2: <laughs> so, anyway, I've recovered out there.
0: Okay. Well, um, let's say somebody's interested in, uh, like, what I think growing. You know, I—I'd say I'm probably a little bit older than you, but I would think we probably are contemporaries as far as reading yeah, and stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, who were your go-to folks for um, science fiction?
2: I right. would say Larry Niven. Okay. Well, you know, everybody—not everyone. I mean, when you but- were a kid. Robotics. Yes, robotics. I probably started with Asimov, mm-hmm. you know, and the laws of robotics. And he had a whole series and he had a foundation series, which is... Oh, yeah. Opera. That's a great. series. And then I really got interested in Niven later and in... Um, 2015, when the World Science Fiction Convention was here. I was standing in the hall with a friend of mine and this little guy walks up and he looks like he's on safari. He's got the hat, he's got the vest with pockets and everything. And my friend Bill says, Hey, Jenny, you might not know Larry. This is Larry Niven. No (laughs) Yes. One of my pictures on Facebook is me with Larry Niven. Wasn't it, it was so crazy fabulous. that
0: that took place in Spokane?
2: I know, right? And was yeah, with was all so that tough. smoke. Oh, uh, it was. It, it was. was like an
0: other, it was like they, they pumped in an, uh, another world here yeah, for us to have so that. Yeah, it was so bizarre. Yeah, that was so cool. So I guess if somebody were to, um, well, I don't know if I want to read this book or not. Wh- how would you compare your style? Do you have the style that you would say was like Larry Niven's or, or uh, like... The sort of theme. I mean, um, if somebody likes so and so, they would like
2: your book, right? Well, you know, back in the day, the fifties and sixties, when you know Asimov and the rest of those guys were active, it was like the Silver Age. Oh yeah, Of yeah. science fiction. They would they but, would write
0: in magazines, and then they would sometimes uh, yeah. anthology, and then they would take and and ship that over, make a book out of what they've been writing in magazines the whole time. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, but. At the time, their imagination, you know, led them to think about what would the galaxy be like or the universe with other civilizations and a means to travel to different stars instantly or whatever. And they came up with a lot of really good ideas. However, um, I think... Lately, more modern, you know, we have the threat of the singularity Mm -hmm. on us right now where the rate of change is changing and we're heading into basically a geographic or
0: Um, a logarithmic. Exponential growth.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Exponential growth of change so that what the change in the last hundred years, you know, 10 years from now might happen in the morning. You know, and right. then in the afternoon, you get a thousand years worth of change. Yeah, And the next day, nobody knows what the world's going to look like yeah. after that. So with those ideas in mind, artificial intelligence and all that other stuff, I thought, well, if there was a galaxy where interesting things happened with humans who are a lot like us, more advanced, more technology, but they're still humans. They're not hybrid machines, um, What would that look like? So that was what I started with. But then you have to have a warp drive just because that makes it more interesting. you you got to get around. I mean, (laughs) mean, (laughs)
0: yeah, that's um, when, when you're writing this, did you find that the characters were sort of coming up with their own? uh their own uh hey I don't want you to do that but the character says I no I'm doing this thing oh my god Jenny. yes yeah
2: yeah there were characters I weren't aware of until they appeared in the story <laughs> yes. and then they started making decisions like I had a way I wanted this one kidnapping to go of an important figure and I had an idea how that was going to turn out and um, a guy from another human civilization got involved, and he was a powerful Navy figure, and he made a different decision than what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. And it totally changed the outcome made it so much better, surprised me, made it better than I could ever have made it. But he's in the back of my head over yeah, there, here. He I, still rolls around. I,
0: I think, yeah, there's like this responsibility and sometimes when you make these these <laughs> people. I, I feel bad because I cause I've left mine in a lurch. So, you know, I, don't, um, right. we, I guess, you know, one of the things uh, you sort of... we You said Star Trek earlier. We really haven't talked about it, but uh, that was always the kind of the go-to TV show for me because, right. because it was always... It, I wouldn't say it was utopian, but it was um, it was maybe a, a utopia with problems. Where it seems like today we're really hooked on dystopic science fiction. That seems right. to be what everybody is drawn to. Everybody looks forward to um, to the end. I mean, not everybody, but I mean, there's certainly well, there's certainly a, a huge block of voters. I would say probably twenty five percent. Of our population that really would like to see everything destroyed and when they I'm sure they get off watching science fiction that that shows that I mean how do you feel like you're where do you fit in the in
2: this as far as your desire or as far as a writer uh to, oh um well yeah little comment on wokeness and I hate that term yeah. because they use it as a a <laughs> stick to beat us with. Yeah, but it's like,
0: oh, as opposed to
2: a <laughs> sleepiness. Right, no yeah. kidding. Yeah. So anyway, and there, it's interesting on Facebook and the different groups I'm in on there that um, a lot of the fans of... Star Trek and other series like that. It's totally lost on them how woke Star Trek was. Yeah, right. They had interracial kiss. Yeah. They had all they had women on the bridge. Yeah. I mean, with the original Captain Pike, the first officer was yeah, a woman. One, yeah. yeah. And um I guess it, it just speaks to where we are in the world right now that so many people can be so completely unaware, they're not woke. <laughs> well, right. Well, there's also
0: just this desire to be unkind. And I guess, oh, and I guess correct. that's a big, and I, I think like a show like Star Trek is that people, uh, you know, basically are kind. I mean, that's what it boils down to. And I think that I, I suppose maybe with, our fragmented society and also with our ability to make a living. If you wanted to be, Oh, I'm going to be the best blank. And there's maybe only 10,000 people in the world that are into blank with the internet. You can do that. So you've got like um, Roseanne Barr, Rosanna Barr doing her thing because she's just being uh, mean. And and because she knows there's enough people there's maybe like 10,000, maybe 100,000, maybe a million people who are mean like her and get off on being mean and she's going to make a money being a, a just a mean not funny person. You know, and and I I think that that's probably something science fiction probably never saw coming.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, the ability to find your people which, you know, explains the whole um nonsense with the alternative facts. You know, they know they're their audience, they yeah. know who they're playing to. Right,
0: right. And you know, I, I was gonna say, so I was gonna ask, we gotta do a break here in a couple minutes, but just did this were you going through your transition at all when you were writing this? Or was this did you find that it um did 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 the did the two events talk? I mean like your writing oh. and and your transition.
2: Yeah. So yeah, it was a different world when we were young, definitely. And we were talking a little bit about, you know, silence of the lambs and psycho and how yeah. trans people were always treated as crazy. Yeah. And most of the medical community agreed. And yeah. that was a terrible And not in a thing. nice
0: way crazy either.
2: Yeah. So anyway, I resist I knew who I was, I resisted it. Yeah. Because I could be I wanted a family and I wanted a career yeah. and you couldn't do that and transition. So, and I a lot of self hypnosis later yeah. <laughs> and being religious, yeah, you know. Um, so what happened to me was uh, I went through a lot of like financial disasters one after another, and when I got so sick with the bone marrow thing, um, I basically had lost everything, and then I went into my second divorce right on the heels of my being, um. Diagnosed, and so for me, I lost everything. Mm -hmm. And also, living in Idaho at the time, you hear about you know the the teens that jump off the bridge at Twin Falls or whatever, and they always talk about the troubled teen. Well, I know exactly what was troubling them. You know, the very conservative state, and um, I thought, well, I've got eight years left, maybe. And uh, I was right on the edge of getting myelofibrosis. It mm-hmm. was, they caught it early, thank God. And um, new medicine, fabulous. But, yeah, you look great. Oh, thank you. Then, oh, so anyway, for me to transition, I had to lose everything. And then I had a few years left and I thought I want to make a difference. So I got involved in PFLAG and Coeur d'Alene. And then out Spokane when I moved over here. And we put on the, the Pride Festival and parade. And it was it was wonderful. And we did, a few friends and I, we did we were able to intercede on, you know, um, work into some young people's lives that were on the edge of killing themselves. And, yeah. 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 Well, I wish good. I'd have done it way earlier. I know.
0: Well, that's what everybody says. I was just talking last um And you know, it's funny because there's something about a certain brand of trans gals that they're kind of into geeky stuff, right? I mean, (laughs) let's just say that you and me, you and me, and um, but there's a but there's also a big uh, contention. I was I've been really tuned into Wendy Carlos lately, and she transitioned and hid herself for eight years. Um, you know, while she was doing the synthesizer music and making a big oh, name right. for her yeah. with the Moog synthesizer. And she did that for eight years. She wore fake, uh, sideburns, a fake man's wig. She was a beautiful look. She was a beautiful woman, but she had to dress like a man and her voice was real solid, you know? And so, and she she hit herself, I think for eight years. And eventually when she came out, she said, well, nobody cares wow (laughs) and 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 i wish i had done this eight years ago you know that would have been like 1968 or nine or something like that yeah but okay we're gonna go we're gonna break for our 20 minute stuff and then um we will be be right right back Hey there folks, join me for a musical trip along Americana Avenue. Now on Wednesday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. Hear the greatest progressive songwriters from yesterday and today. Each week I'll feature a specific artist and a vinyl spin of the week. It's music that plays to the human condition Wednesdays at 6 on Thin Air Community Radio. Hey, this is DJ Downlow from Inside the Hype Radio. Come hang out
3: Saturday nights right here on KYRS-FM. Saturday nights, 10 to midnight with me, Micah Thompson. It's the witching hour. We'll be spinning hot molten metal from Black Sabbath to Bolt Thrower and everything in between. Tune up your air guitar and make sure that amp goes to 11. It's going to get loud.
1: KYRS is grateful for the many listeners who have donated their vehicles to us. You can join them by donating your unwanted...
0: I have to do my PSA now. Somebody had that on um, on auto, so I just played all the promo stuff. I should have checked that. Um, wandering is a common and potentially dangerous behavior among people living with dementia, especially in cold winter areas. If you are caring for a loved one with dementia, the Alzheimer's Foundation of America has some tips to help you keep them safe. More information at 866-232-8484.
3: One night I was walking on the mountain All alone, but then I heard a sound And a meteor fell on my head I really thought I was dead This evil ship was hovering above ground They dropped a ladder and a creepy guy climbed down The rest is kind of a blur, but I'll tell you something I learned The mildew in your kitchen sink Bad aliens really
0: smell Like the bottom of a wishing well In hell smell Okay, we're back with Ginny uh, Siebert. That was, of course, uh, UFO Phil uh, singing Bad Aliens Really Stink. It's actually, I think the title of the song is Aliens really stink. I got to see UFO Phil uh, with his documentary here in Spokane when he came into town. Uh, He was a guy who called into Coast to Coast all the time and put on the act that he, um, you know, the aliens were abducting him a lot and stuff. And he was very funny. He was, I think he was actually professional, uh, professional musician. So anyway, uh, did you ever read Heinlein's uh, I Will Fear No Evil?
2: A Heinlein switch one?
0: I Will Fear No Evil. It's about no, the old, the old guy. So it's an old guy and uh, his secretary or something gets, I'm probably butchering the plot because I read this when I was probably 19, uh, but in a terrible accident, but they take her, uh, his brain, no, her, she's okay, or her brain gets, he, he's dying, they take his brain, put it in her body. Oh. Yeah, it was wonderful. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, but, makes you wonder about Heinlein. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, you know, and, and who, I mean, it
0: is, you know, even in Star Trek there that, that's happened, you know, uh, Captain Kirk and that woman yes. switched. So, I mean, it is sort of a, it's, you know, we're science fiction twins here, I think. Um, so, oh. I wanted to, and I should have done this before we signed off, or not signed off, but did our 20-minute business. If people are interested in in reading your book or learning more about your
2: book, where would they go to to find it? Um, well, if you want the second edition, which has better artwork, you can email me at jennysebert at gmail.com. That's J E N N Y S E I B E R T at gmail.com. So, what is that? Juliet. <laughs> Juliet. Yeah, Echo. Echo.
0: November, November, Yankee. Yankee, Sierra, Echo, India, uh, Romeo. Yeah, <laughs> or not Romeo. Uh, anyway, so, um, but you work for the Treasury Department for quite a few. You were a Treasury agent for a while, is that right?
2: Um. Yeah, United States Treasury. Yeah, I was. Like, I was
0: hoping it was United States.
2: Yeah, it was. Um. Wow. So in the nineties, well, like you know, like it is now, inland northwest is the Aryan homeland. Yes. <laughs> they, yeah. Even they didn't more call so. it readout because you know yeah. they had to rebrand. Yeah. But because you know.
0: <laughs> well, you got to move with the times.
2: I mean. Yeah. No kidding. One thing about all of those guys is they would not file tax returns or pay their federal taxes, which was a handle on them. Do
0: you have to do that if you declare yourself a free man?
2: Um <laughs> Okay, I will be completely honest. You do not have to file a tax return. They are that's, that's absolutely folks, right. Folks, that's
0: not advice you're getting from
2: this show. <laughs> but <laughs> Please what hap- file your tax return? <laughs> but what happens is the IRS files one for you. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay, so your return is where you claim your allowed deductions. And if you don't claim your deductions, you don't get them. And the IRS, so what I did was we had folks that would file returns for these knuckleheads with our best information. Sometimes they even guessed based on their lifestyle. And then they would get an assessment. And then I would file liens and I would take their stuff. (laughs) Best job. Oh, my God. It was so fun. Oh, I bet. And, um... I don't know. It was right after the Rand, Randy Weaver, uh-huh. Ruby Ridge thing. And the, the U.S. attorney was not interested in criminal cases. Um, and I would refer criminal cases, and they would send them back to me and say, just do what you can administratively because we're not going to get a jury in Idaho to connect or to, to convict any of these guys. So that was, that was my career, and I loved it. Um, moved on to Morgan Stanley. Um, tax consultant, that kind of thing. But um, that's a different world. Okay.
0: Well, um, you see, we, we had talked a little bit about the Art Bell show and you're growing up and listening oh, yeah. to that. Oh, yeah, right. So, And, you know, when I was on, uh, I was in the fire department, my officer, Chuck, Chuck Morrow, a great guy, he and I, he would be in his room listening to the to AM Coast to Coast, I would be out in the bunk, you know, in the dorm on my bed listening to Coast to Coast, and we would get calls. Like Station Three was just an amazingly busy nighttime place, and so we were up all night. But in between the calls, you'd be kind of in this in and out state listening to Coast to Coast, and some of the calls we'd go on would be even weirder than um, than what we were seeing out you know, what we were listening to on the radio. But all just all to bring it around to like you mentioned how the balloon was over your ranch. What do you think is going on with these uh, oh. things that we're shooting down?
2: Right. Um well, we know the first one was a Chinese balloon. That was really obvious. Yeah. And I know the GOP were out there pitching a fit about it. But as it turns out, they had basically blinded it and quieted its sensors as soon as they were aware of it anyway, which is a pretty cool capability. They jammed it. Yeah. And they didn't. They wanted to be able to recover Oh, so it's a lot of intel, it, right? It. Yeah. And they just waited till an operator, which is ideal. That's, they did exactly what you should do. And you don't
0: know what kind of propulsion is on it. It could have been a small... <laughs> well, really, I mean, there could yeah. have been like... There were solar Lyon panels. Ion drive. Yeah, well, it could have been like little... Yeah, There could have been uh, radioactive stuff on it, too. Yeah, don't know. it yeah. could
2: have an isotope yeah. generator. Um, however, these other three things, they... Um, I don't know. That's where. So I was talking to my son, and I'm like, and we were being speculative. But if you think about it, say there is an alien civilization, they would probably send an artificially intelligent probe first, right? Yeah. And say like it's a von Neumann, von Neumann machine that can reproduce itself, land on an asteroid, start building copies of itself or other probes. And... Right now, we're on the edge of the singularity in so many different ways. Why don't, we,
0: why don't you talk about that? What's that look like and what's going to happen? Okay, tell so people who don't know about the singularity what it is.
2: Ray Kurzweil, you know, he's a famous cyberneticist, which is more than computers, information systems, robotics, and all kinds of things. Um, he and others looked at the rate of progress in the past. So humans evolved in our current form probably 200,000 years ago or more and then they did nothing but you know build stone tools and hunt and then the agricultural revolution happened cuz people need beer and <laughs> honestly probably before bread there was beer mm-hmm. and um and well but still the change was slow and then change started to speed up you know Copper tools, bronze tools, iron tools, and then empires. And then, then, then we had the ability with ships to cross the globe, which was a new thing, you know, in a lot of ways. And if you look back through history, you see that the rate of change is changing. And we, with information systems and computers, are now writing their own code they are going to change so quickly that the rate of change is going to go basically um, vertical. And we don't... They call it the singularity because we don't know what is going to be on the other side of that event. Kind of like entering a event horizon of a black hole. You can't see what's on the other side.
0: And so, And so basically... The threat if there if you could consider a threat is from artificial intelligence
2: right I mean we may all die, we may merge with the machines they may treat us like cats, which you know we might end up the pets yeah of artificial intelligence and I'd be fine with that. Well, <laughs> I mean opposed to the and and at the same time there's more than just information system there's biology, you know AIs, artificial intelligences, are folding proteins now, and they're figuring out the basis of life, and we are on, also on the edge of radical life extension. Yes, for yeah. humans. Yep. So there's all this change. For humans who together. can afford it. What's that? Humans who can afford it. Humans. Yes. I mean that 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 is the danger. Is if we continue as capitalism, we'll have a few people that own everything, and the rest of us will have nothing. So. Yeah. Yep. And that's another change that's right on the horizon i mean how much longer can we do this a lot right. of people can't anymore right
0: so that's the you know and also i was you know if if we're going to go down down that thinking with the singularity i also think about um i i remember oh, who was it uh, uh scientist talked about well you know maybe we shouldn't be reaching out Across oh, the
2: galaxies. They may want to eat us.
0: Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, hey hey, you I mean, maybe it's not such a good thing that we yeah. are that we're doing this, you know? And and my first thought when they shot down these <laughs> right
3: they,
0: probably what they shot down was like a, a Mylar Garfield get well balloon. <laughs> but I mean, let's say it was some sort of um Alien crap. alien probe. You know, and we and we're like, yeah. and they go, well, wait a minute.
2: Well, you could imagine a right. post singularity civilization on a star. It doesn't matter how far away, because um, they could move it. You know, half the speed of light, and you know, two hundred light years away, they're they're here in four hundred years. They don't care because they live forever. Yeah, and the probe starts making other probes. And, you know, you could imagine that they don't want to just land, you know, on the the Pennsylvania Avenue in front of the White House. Yeah. They want to like inoculate us to it, just kind of let us know something is going on. Well, they would send some dumb probes first, maybe probes with limited capabilities. And then they would get more and more advanced from that you know maybe it'll take us shooting them down until we get tired of shooting them down and then they'll send us smarter
0: probes maybe or (laughs) ones that are more translucent (laughs) i you know i i you know you think about those uh tic-tac shapes that the navy
2: the one in canada was a tic-tac yeah and that
0: so the navy was chasing those things oh, off right. the coast of San Diego was it? they released that and was it 2017 I think
2: yeah the UAPs that's yeah. a whole whole nother issue with sensor you know the on their sensors and they have more than radar they have lidar they have infrared they have things probably we haven't even heard of oh yeah
0: yeah 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 and and uh, you know and interesting that uh, it sounded like they were able to get a lock on those things so um, yeah. you know if they can follow if they can track it with their cameras. I would imagine they have a a, a lock on it.
2: I and think if if it's better than the military hardware we have, then it's probably not from the earth because we have the best stuff. We spend the most money. Well, it's we?
0: all reverse engineered, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that could be too. Yeah.
2: Well, you never know. And right if if you if you were say you're a, a power you know a government, and you were in possession of alien technology, you definitely would want to use that you know just just as far as propaganda goes, like wow, you don't want us to bring out our big guns <laughs>
0: right, you don't want to see those. <laughs>
2: Right, that we got from the aliens. Yeah,
0: yeah. That was just their junk. <laughs> um, well, you know, and it's funny because we're talking, of course, conspiracy and hidden things and all that, which, you know, I don't think either one of us would deny. There's, there are conspiracies. But Definitely. But it's funny because, you know, when you go back to like stuff that we're talking about now it would be like traditional AM coast to coast stuff. You know, that and Bigfoot, Mel's Hole, my favorite story ever. <laughs> Um and and Sasquatch, all that, all that. Oh yes, cryptids, all, all, cryptids. Yes, all that stuff. And that stuff is fun to me. But then somehow something happened, and then people started believing in. Um, you know, it was the anti-vax stuff, and then it was the QAnon stuff, and then it was, uh, you know, so-called stolen election, and you have people storming the Capitol. Who are conspiracy theorists um, gone wild and and it's and these weren't you know traditionally when people would storm a government and demand change these are people that are are starving are you know fighting having an injustice thrust upon them a lot of these folks were government retirees and had nice yeah. pensions or they worked for the government and had a great job um, how did How did that happen? I mean, should we talk about things like aliens and the singularity and all that? I mean, I want to talk about this stuff because I think it's interesting and it's fun. But how does it slip into this horrible, horrible business uh, of what we've seen in the last few years?
2: Okay, I want to tread lightly here. Mm -hmm. Um, My take on that, what I believe is, well, for me personally being trans and you're born that way, by the way, you never Mm -hmm. choose to be, who would? Right.
0: Exactly. It's not like, yay, or this has made my life easier or, (laughs) or gosh, I'm,
2: I'm less suspect now and people trust me more or any of that stuff. Yeah. So I carried a huge burden of shame, right? And we still live in a shame culture mostly. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, you know, the pastor said, Jesus will wash your sins away and stuff like that, which made me feel better about who I was. And it also gave me an opportunity to hypnotize myself, honestly. And I really fell into that conservative Christian thing. But there were, there was, even then, there were things I would not, I would not hate a queer person right, just because they were queer. though. Everybody else in the church seemed that that was fine, or they didn't understand hate, or you don't get what we're saying, you know. Um, But that type of religion, most Abrahamic religions have this apocalypse, you know, that's the end of times. And, you know, it's even a lot of other religions. And misreadings of the book of Revelation... Yeah. where you get an angry Jesus who's going to come back and kill almost everyone. Yeah, um, which is
0: a book that almost didn't make it correct. into the canon uh, when Martin Luther was picking through a lot of the um, a lot of the apocryphal or um, second uh, what am I thinking of uh, de- Deuterocanonical works.
2: Oh um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things that maybe should have. Gospel of Thomas. Yeah. And I studied that in college. I was, uh, well, I was a computer science major in the 80s, which, but I, I was more interested in classics, Latin and Greek, and how mm-hmm. all that happened. Cause I wanted to know, did God really hate me? Mm-hmm. You know, to put it in simplest terms. And what I found out was it was just a bunch of books and probably the biggest, um, and they fought over small letters. No they consult. would go to war it, yeah. over different versions of their books. Yeah. And Constantine said enough of this, and he set up basically a Roman church. And that's that's a whole history lesson right there. How how it started. You know, that's how it started. This is where we are now with all the fractures. But I think that their desire to see the end and. For some reason, they are mean people, too. I think yeah. it does speak to them. They, they like the idea of an angry God that's going to wipe out all of their enemies, and they're on the winning side. And it's also like sports. You know, we just have the sports ball thing, right? Yeah. You root for your team. We do that through high school, junior high, high school, college, the idea is we got good guys and bad guys and you're going to root for your team regardless. And now it's American politics. So that way yeah. we've got, we, yeah you know, we got the good guys and the bad guys, good guys are our guys. The bad guys are over there. And I think that's just the same mentality in a word they're hypnotized. Okay. So maybe,
0: maybe that's the delineation as far as conspiracies as um, if, uh, if you want to see somebody get hurt or punished, maybe that's, that's, that would make it a, a bad conspiracy. Okay, we got to do our 40-minute stuff, and then uh, we'll be right back. KYRS Thin Air Community Radio provides our region with information that might be omitted, overlooked, or even censored by mainstream media.
3: Your radio station is powered by the communities they serve and our radio
0: programs as rich and diverse as the Spokane community itself. Please make a pledge today by texting Give KYRS to the number 44321. Your support ensures that KYRS can continue to celebrate the rich diversity of our community. KYRS
1: is grateful for the many listeners who have donated their vehicles to us. You can join them by donating your unwanted car, truck, minivan, motorcycle, and more. Vehicles are picked up free of charge, sold, and the proceeds help KYRS bring you the programs you know and love. It's easy to donate your vehicle, and it's tax-deductible. Just call our toll-free line to arrange a free pickup. 855-KYRS-CAR. That's 855-597-7227. Thank you.
0: Uh, you're back listening to out and about with my guest Jenny Siebert we've been talking about her novel um, that she's written and then we also have branched into conspiracy theory what's going on with the singularity what what else? oh um, do we really want the aliens to know we're here uh, and 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 you've done a very masterful job I think uh, of tying it all into uh, being out and about. <laughs> I think. Anyways. So.
2: Yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah,
0: me too. Me too. Um, ha- In writing your, uh, your novel, has there been anything um, when you were writing Warp Lanes? Now, I know this is the Young Heroes series.
2: Oh, is that still a thing? It's not. I had, and it's not like the book for adults is no more than PG 13, probably, yeah. at the most. Okay. All right. Um, but uh, I toned some of the language down.
0: Okay. Have you noticed not anything those. that has happened since writing these books that you kind of go, oh, you know what? This must really be a legitimate science fiction book because
2: now this happened. Have you see, uh, did you have anything like that? Um, well, there's a, there's a robot in the game. So one culture has, they're kind of aristocrats, and which is oh, just a little side here. One thing like Star Trek and stuff like that, which fun to write science fiction is. If you see a problem in our society, you can paint that problem over onto the aliens. So it separates it enough from the reader that the reader goes, oh, that's terrible. And then maybe later on, they'll look at themselves and go, oh, that's me.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because that was a big Gene Roddenberry thing. He tackled um, all Gene Roddenberry, one of the most woke people ever. Because he tackled all that stuff, you know, and and by by subtly using television and plots to, yeah. to discuss that,
2: he was pretty woke for his age. He was woke, yeah. <laughs> I think he
0: was. A, I believe he was a he was a air air corps pilot in World War II as well. Yeah. So so not only was he woke, he was antifa because he was over there. <laughs> killing Nazis. He was anti-fascist. So yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's that rot. That's deep, deep. in (laughs) us.
2: So, so that,
0: so, so you saw more, you saw things about yourself
2: in, in this. Um, one of the characters is trans. I'm not going to say who, um, because that's another book series in itself, but, um, Um, One thing, like, as far as the singularity goes, there is a robot that's becoming self-aware, which is a surprise to everyone, and it really shouldn't have been. And um, there's also a foreign species. You know, they're non-human, and they're very aggressive, and they kind of have a groupthink going. They're not like a hive mind. They just follow the leader to destruction if necessary, you know, and and they sacrifice themselves willingly for their leaders. And I use that to say, well, maybe there's a better way. Yeah. So that culture, hopefully change is going to come to them too.
0: You know, it's funny because these, you know, I think we've done such a good job of taking um, so many of scientific aspects that were expressed in science fiction um you know even down to like billionaires designing rockets that right. look, look like science fiction rockets <laughs> that but it's the social the social stuff and the social commentary and the, the warnings that we could get from some of that I, that's really harder f- for people to, to to grapple with, I mean, right. I think we get a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff like uh, I think about um, the, the uh, Dune prequels that Brian Herbert, was it Paul Anderson really wrote? I not Paul Anderson, but but those two wrote uh, to to the Dune series. They wrote prequels. Uh, Frank Herbert's son, and one was based on the Butlerian Jihad which was all about like a singularity type stuff where the thinking machines uh, basically took over and, and, and people were enslaved by by them basically and how that resolved itself. And that's how can we have the, um, that's why spice became important because that's how the, the economy ran through the guild and Chome because they were able to, uh, these guild navigators, through their mind, through the spice, were able to to fold space to travel because they couldn't have thinking machines anymore. They, they, oh, they yeah, right, because because of the Butlerian Jihad, which eliminated. There was a fight against mankind against the thinking machines. So, uh, you know, but not that not that that's going to happen. But it's yeah. it's funny because that's like a, a moral thing we have to think about. And let's say how do we come down to if we have machines that are intelligent it, would it be a moral thing to to turn them off
2: um yeah i mean depends I mean, yeah it really does <laughs> do they do they mean to hurt us i'm all about defending yourself and the people you love right um,
0: um and what was Asimov's uh,
2: oh law. yeah, the laws of robotics? yeah it,
0: it, but I I don't know if that's really a law or a or just a nice suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't think I I think a machine, if it were to look at things logically would be um, and wanted to say, okay, your goal is to um, save humanity there could be some some people who are you know
2: die yeah because of
0: that well
2: and and it comes down to freedom too you know yeah if will a machine save us from ourselves and i would hope so but then we're no longer free so those are difficult questions to say the least right now though chat GPT, you know, the, the writer, artificial intelligence, they, there's a test. Apparently, it's a standardized test for people who write computer code. And I guess it passed the test at a level three programmer, which typically a level three programmer gets one hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year about. Wow. So all of a sudden they don't need those guys or they instead of eight, they need one
0: yeah right? somebody just to
2: supervise and and if you've noticed a lot of tech companies have been laying off a lot of people probably in in anticipation of that so and where's it going to end i have artist friends that well one of my friends has just decided she's not going to do digital art anymore at all it's going to be mixed media it's going to be on paper it's yeah. going to be thing physical things that people will buy yeah and that's the only way forward she sees for herself. And as a writer, it's the same thing for me. Um, we were talking about, you know, Amazon and self-publishing and stuff like that. Well, now all of a sudden, the people that write garbage, they're going to put even more garbage. on there. Yeah. And it becomes signal to noise ratio. So all those other books are noise, you know, and there's plenty of good authors, really good writers that will never be noticed, yeah. you know, no, and um, now there's even more noise for them to get through with their art. So I don't know how it's going to shake out. Yeah,
0: you're you're absolutely right. Those mashups that you see with the um, with where you can put in a couple of different keywords into oh right. right, and then they'll paint paint the picture for you. Well, gosh, we're we're done. Oh, uh, my. I know that was it. So, thanks, Jenny, so much. Oh, we can uh, do I, this. And why don't again. you just
2: tell people one last time how they can look and find oh. your book if they want? If you want second edition, the one I've been working on lately of the first book, instead of buying it on Amazon, which you can if you want. I'm not going to stop you, but it's um, Storm Clouds Gather is the first book in this Warp lane series, and you can email me at J-E-N-N-Y-S-E-I-B-E-R-T at gmail.com. And I will send you a PDF of book one. All right. Thanks, Jenny. We'll see
0: you all later. Thanks for listening to Out and About. Head now
3: to Eden. Yeah. Head now
4: to Eden No more trouble in my body or my mind Gonna live like a king on whatever I find Please be my valentine. That is not only a warm, sweet, sometimes romantic sentiment people express in mid-February on frilly red cards. It's also the name of a 3rd century saint who literally lost his head, a ninth century pope whose reign lasted only 40 days, three Roman emperors, a very good Mexican hot sauce, and a tiny town in Texas. That town has a genuinely sweet story to tell and a unique role to play in the sending of thousands of Valentine's Day sentiments to people around the world. Valentine, Texas, population 217, was founded by the Southern Pacific Railroad in the 1880s and reportedly was named for one of the corporation's big shareholders. Nothing romantic about that. But in recent years, would-be cupids have turned the town's name and, believe it or not, its one-room post office into a center of affectionate expression. What happened is that romantics from distant places began to batch up their pre-addressed stamped valentines and zip them to this postal outpost way out on the Texas-Mexico border. Why? Because to give their sentimental missives extra oomph, they wanted them to bear the special touch of being mailed from an actual place named Valentine. The greatest thing about our public postal workers is that they literally deliver, and the Valentine branch goes the extra mile to provide this loving gesture at no extra charge. Is Milda Ornelas, postmaster of the 79854 office, hand stamps each envelope herself? Indeed, the Valentine post office is now officially designated the Love Station. Moreover, the local school district holds an annual art contest among students to design each year's Valentine postmark, which is then stamped on each envelope. This is Jim Hightower saying, See, while the media